Lord, just help us remember that we are who you say we are. Lord, help us know your word and what you say about us. Lord, help us to realize who we are in you. Lord, we thank you for, for being your child. Lord, for being your child. That we've been set free. We've been set free. And Lord, we can thank you for that. We praise you for that. And Lord, no matter what we go through, that even in that deepest valley, we can still proclaim who you are and who you say we are, even when we're in a hard place. So Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, help us just to keep our eyes on you and what you say about who we are. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I want to share with you a little bit about what our walk by faith is like. You know, we're, I believe we're all on a walk. You know, some people say we're on a journey. But, you know, the Bible says we walk by faith. And, you know, we're on a walk. We're walking. And, and to me, that says something about our everyday life. You know, what we believe, what we do, how we just see things. We walk. And the Bible says we walk by faith. We walk by faith. As Christians, that's where we're, we're to walk by faith in God and trust him. I want to look at and think a little bit about what does that mean? What does that mean for us? How do we get to the place where we walk by faith? You know, we all come from, we all come from different places in life. I've kind of broke it down to two, but there's probably some variations of these two. But um, basically, some of us grow up in a Christian home. We grow up in a Christian home. We go to church. We learn about God. We know lots of things about God. And we realize that, you know, it's, it's basically what we know, and it's basically knowledge at that time. You know, we, we grow up in a Christian home, and we learn about God, but sometimes there has to become faith involved. And just because we know about God doesn't know we know God. Okay, you can know about God. I can know about all kinds of things. You know, I can know about people I see on TV and I can know things about them, but I don't really know them. I know about them. And so what happens for some of us who have grown up in Christian homes? We have a knowledge of God, but it may not mean we know him. It may mean we're only religious people. That's one of the dangers. One of the dangers. We all of a sudden think we have something we really don't have. We know about it. We just have information. In the Bible, Jesus dealt with some of these people, and he called them scribes and Pharisees. They knew about God, but when Jesus came, they rejected the Son of God. They didn't know him. They knew about him. And sometimes in, in our society, you know, people, people like that are, are preachers, you know. Preachers aren't exempt. You know, preachers can know about God. They can, get up, they can preach all about God. You know, from information. Well, I read and I know God this. And they, can, they can expound on who God is. Or just people that go to church. Sometimes people that go to church can know about God. I want to look at Matthew, the 15th chapter. And a, a story that Jesus, or he talks to these people about this. It's not a story. It's about him talking to these scribes and Pharisees. In Matthew 15, 1. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the traditions of the elders? For they don't wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? 
For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and mother, and he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me as a gift from God, then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So Jesus spoke to these religious people of the time, these people who knew about God. And he said that they held to their rules and beliefs as more important than God's word. That's one of the dangers. You know about God, so you know about him, and you know you've learned things, and you hold to what you know as more important as traditions and things, you hold them as more important than knowing him. It says they made God's word of no effect by their tradition. By their traditions, they made God's word of no effect because they held on to them as more important. They said the right things, said the right things, had all the answers. They even honored God with their lips. You know, they, they spoke and said the right thing, honored him with their lips. But their hearts were far from him. Why, they even worshipped him. It says they worshipped. But it says they worshipped in vain. They worshipped in vain. So they sang songs. You know, when they, they, they looked like everybody else when they worshipped. So everybody thought, well, you know, they must be a Christian. Look at them worship. Singing songs and doing activities is not always worship. It's not always worship. You know? Could be something else. Could be something else. And it says, they taught that their traditions were the truth. You know, sometimes it got to the point where they believed it long enough that they thought their traditions were true. That they were the truth. They were more important than God's word. So that's one of the great dangers of, of people who know about God. You know, um, people who, they know there's a God and they've learned all about him. So consequently, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't learn about God and know all about him. I think we absolutely need to know about him. We need to know his word. We need to know what he says. We need to know what his word says. Sometimes it's the lazy way to just accept traditions. You know, sometimes we don't study the word, so we don't know. So people say things, we go, oh, that sounds pretty good. Or... The tradition is, well, we've always done it that way, so now that makes it right because that's how we've always done it. You know? If you do it long enough, it must be okay. You know? And that's a very difficult one because if you do it long enough, you think it's right, and how do you challenge that? God's Word will if we allow it to. And so, so we see, you know, to me, to me, Growing up in the church is no safer than not knowing God at all. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short. And sometimes to realize you're a sinner is harder if you've been in the church. Sometimes it's harder because we think, well, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, there was a song we sang this morning, and it says, um, it talked about there's no sound louder than the sound of a captive set free. And you know, that's true. That's true. And you know, sometimes in the church, we almost resent that. We almost resent that because 
Well, what are they all excited about? Or what are they all stirred up about? Or why don't they quiet down? Or what's their problem? Or, you know, it's a, you know, and sometimes, not always, but sometimes the people who have been set free are very vocal about it. And they're willing because they realize where they were and they realize where they are now. You know, and sometimes. Now, that's not to say being vocal makes you saved. I'm just saying sometimes that happens. You know, the Bible says he who has been forgiven more loves more. You know? And and I think it's just something we all kind of need to look at and say, okay, where am I in the scheme of things? Then there are those who don't know God at all. They've never heard about him. They've never heard his word. We're finding more and more of that in our society today. More and more kids are growing up. They have no clue of who God is. They've never heard god's word or god's name or anything except in profanity and they don't connect that well there is a god just because they heard it in profanity so they don't they don't connect all that but they've they've heard his name used wrong but they don't know have any idea who jesus is or they have no idea about the bible they don't know anything but those folks need to hear god's word and they need to then accept it and walk by faith and walk by faith, have faith. And they'll either accept or reject it. When they hear it, they're going to either go, wow, that's good news. Or they'll reject it. Either or. Or sometimes they'll reject it and then later on. You know, it's, it's not like a one-time thing in life. A lot of people hear it, reject it, hear it, reject it, hear it, think about it, hear it. And pretty soon they go, wow, maybe that's true. So sometimes it's... Excuse me, it's a process. But they're either going to hear it and accept it or reject it. Many times they know they have a need. They know they have a need. A lot of times people who have never heard the word, they know they have a need. They, they know who they are. As a matter of fact, a lot of people who don't know Christ will just say, you know what, I know where I'm going. They know they're going to hell. And they've kind of just accepted that. That's their that's their end goal. They just know that that's where they're going to end up because they've never heard the good news. So that's that's just accepted to them. But sometimes they're more open to receiving the word, receiving Christ, because they have no previous traditions or thoughts or or belief that I might be okay when I'm not. So they have none of that to deal with. Sometimes that makes it easier. Sometimes. You know, they can accept Christ much easier. In in John the ninth chapter, John the ninth chapter, the thirteenth to the sixteenth verse. There was a man who was healed by Jesus. He was a blind man. He was healed by Jesus. And in thirteen it says they brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. So this blind man was now brought to the religious people of the day. Okay? And it was on the Sabbath when Jesus had made the clay and opened the man's eyes. The Pharisees also asked him how he who had received this sight. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they bring a blind man who's been blind, who now can see, and the religious people argue about whether or not Jesus should have done it on the Sabbath. Amazing. 
they're, you know, they're not rejoicing a man can now see, but they've got rules and regulations and traditions that are more important than that. And they go, well, he just didn't. Why, why did he do that on the Sabbath? He just broke the Sabbath. And so the traditions became more important than the man seeing, than the man seeing. And then in 17, it goes on and it says, and then they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? The blind man said, well, he's a prophet. He, you know, he says, well, he must be a man of God or he, he must be a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. So they go, well, maybe he was never really blind. I've, I've seen Christians do this. I've seen Christians. I, I know in your mind, you know, somebody gets healed and what, what do you, you know, what is in something inside of us goes, well, maybe he was never really sick. I mean, I've, I've done it even, I think, probably. You know, it's like, well, you know, maybe we try to talk it. We try to talk out of it. Like, well, it couldn't be a miracle. So that's what they were doing. So they asked him, so they got, brought his parents. They said, well, let's talk to his parents. So his parents came and they said, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? And his parents asked him, said, we know that he's our son. That's our son. And we know that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we don't know. Or who opened his eyes, we don't know. He's of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. Ask him. He can talk for himself. So his parents said these things because they feared the Jews. So they get, they're getting out of it because they're scared of what might happen to them. And so they're saying, well, ask him. He's old enough. So for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age. Ask him. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God glory. We know that this we know that this man is a sinner. So they go, well, give God glory because we know this man who just healed you on the Sabbath is a sinner because he didn't do it right. He didn't do it according to our tradition. And so then they said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them, I told you already and you did not listen. Who do you want me to hear it again? Do you do you also want me to become his disciples? You know, excuse me, I skipped the most important verse, verse 25. The man said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. I don't know about your rules and regulations. I don't know what you're claiming that he's a sinner. I don't know. I don't know about all that stuff. But he says, but one thing I know. Once I was blind, but now I see. And see, people that don't have traditions, that's how they are real simple. See, they don't have all that tradition stuff to get in the way and all that, well, I don't know if that could really happen and, well, it's never happened in our church and, well, we don't do it that way and, well, I don't know. You know, the blind man says, hey, I don't know about all your rules and all your stuff. He goes, all I know is once I was blind and now I can see. Don't really care. Don't really care. And sometimes that's a real freedom. Sometimes that's a real freedom. A real freedom to just trust God and accept what he does for us you know people who have no religious ideas or man-made traditions to work through will receive a lot easier sometimes you know just just the way it is just the way it is 
They can just, they can receive light because they don't have a lot of baggage to work through. A lot of stuff. You know, a lot of things that we put on people. Sometimes the church is very bad at putting things on people. It's like people come in free and then we load them up with rules and regulations and, well, don't do this, don't do this, you know. And, you, know and, you know, it's one of the things I've noticed is, you know, and I, you know, churches, churches tend to go, well, if you get saved, you got to be baptized in our church because we're the only ones that do it right. You know, kind of silly, kind of silly. You know, I, that's just a, a to me, that's a man made rule that somehow we got the corner on the right way to do everything. You know, and sometimes that happens. Now, I know people get baptized sometimes, a couple times, sometimes for their own personal reasons. That's different. But I'm talking about when the church says, well, if you're going to come here, you got to do it the way we do it. Because we do it right and everybody else is wrong. That's what you're saying. You know, and the church is not a church. The church is the church. Okay. So we just sometimes need to get that clear. So whether you grow up knowing about God or you've never heard God, we all have to come to a point. We all have to come to a point. If you've grown up knowing about God, here's what you've got to come to. You've got to come to the point that even though I know about him and I know all about him, I know what he does and I know what he's done, I have to accept that for me by faith. I have to accept that for me by faith. By faith, I have to believe what God says, that we've all sinned and come short. So now instead of being religious people and non-religious people, it says we're all in the same place. We've all sinned and come short. Doesn't matter whether I've gone to church all my life, if I know all the answers, if I've learned everything. Doesn't matter. We've all sinned and come short. So we all have to accept our place. Okay, I've sinned and come short. Now, if I've sinned and come short, then we all need a Savior. We all need a Savior. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how good we are. Doesn't matter what we know. Doesn't matter if you can answer all the questions on the Bible quiz question game you got at home. You know, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you can't answer one question. We all come to that place where we have to accept him by faith because we walk by faith. We walk by faith. We walk by faith through this life, through the things we have to deal with. We walk by faith. What I've noticed with with young people and children who grow up in the church at some point in time in life, they will hit something where they will make a decision whether they're by faith or going to trust God or they're not whether they really are going to walk by faith or not. It has to become their faith. And they have to decide, am I going to walk by faith? Am I going to trust God for who he says he is? You know, and it happens at various times. Otherwise, it's all up here. It's all up here. It needs to get here. It needs to get here. It's in the heart. God changes hearts. He changes the hearts of people. And he works by his spirit. Up here, it's just information and receiving and knowing and learning information. Now, we can learn, and that's good. I don't, I don't regret ever learning about God. The more we know, the better about who he is. But if it never gets down here to where I trust him by faith, then it's of just information. It's just information. So when we walk by faith, we talk to him. 
you know, and, and, you know, if I grew up in the church, I've learned how to pray because somebody taught me how to pray. Somebody taught me how to say the right words. Somebody taught me how to do it. Pray this, do this, do this. So I do this and this. So I pray. Am I really praying? Depends if you're talking to him or not. Depends if you're talking to him. Are you talking to him? Are you listening? Are you listening when he speaks back to you? Are you reading his word to know what he has to say about life? About who am I? What am I supposed to do? What does God expect of me? What's his expectation? Who does he say I am? That's a big one. Who do, there are so many people. I see young people that they just need to accept who God says they are. Because otherwise, they're miserable. They're miserable. And they'll tell you they're miserable. They have no hope. They need to know what he says about them. And we need to trust him to guide us. So we all make that choice. We all, we all, at somehow, some point, we make that choice. And everybody comes to that same place. And we have to make that choice. We have to make that choice about who is Jesus and who does he say he is. Because otherwise, you know, Jesus one time says, you know, I wish you were hot or cold. You know, I wish you were either for me or against me. But you know what? You're lukewarm. I think lukewarm, part of that group of lukewarm is religious people. Hot, they're all for him. Cold, they don't know him at all. Lukewarm says, I know about him, but I don't know him. And I think that's the most dangerous spot to be. It's a very dangerous spot. Because we think we are something when we're not. We think we're okay when we're not. Because... Turn to Matthew, the seventh chapter. Jesus would have never, he would have never said this in Matthew 7, 21 and 23. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that life, say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many mighty wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye who practice lawlessness. How can that be? I was a preacher. I cast out demons. I helped everybody. I did everything. I this. I prayed. He says, I prayed. I prophesied. I, I, Lord, what was the problem? He said, well, I never knew you. So you know what that tells me? It says, we can do a lot of religious activity. We can look like a Christian. And never be. Never be. That is probably one of my, and I, I don't mean this, but one of my greatest fears is that people would think they're saved when they're not. That they would think they're saved when they're not. They would, they, because of the things we've done. You've got to scrape away everything you've ever done, ever said, every good thing you've ever done, that all that stuff doesn't matter. Now, see, we go, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, religious people go, no, no, I hang on to that stuff. That stuff's important to me. you got to scrape it all away. Because the only thing that matters is your acceptance of Jesus and what he did for you. That's the only thing. 
when we stand before him, there's going to be a judgment day. So there's a day. And we're going to stand before him. And please don't think you're going to stand there and say, well, Lord, I went to church as much as I could, and I taught Sunday school, and I did all these things, so I know you'll think I'm okay. He'll go, I never knew you. Because we got to know him. And that's a personal relationship. It's personal. It's a personal. We know him personally. I'm a child of God. That's personal. He's my father. He's my father. I'm his child. That's a very personal relationship. We know him. I don't know about him. I know him. So, you know, on Judgment Day, I say, well, God, I know all about you. Let me tell you a few things. I know a lot of things, you know. I know how to pray. I, you know, it's not what we know. It's who we know. And we stand forgiven because of what he did for us. He paid the price, not us. Now, all of those things become what we do as we walk by faith. When we walk by faith, then we obey and do the things that God wants us to do. But it's not that that saves us. It's knowing him. It's knowing him. So I think, you know, we all kind of fall in the same place. We don't want to think about it sometimes because sometimes we have in our own mind developed ways of saying somebody's better than another. You know, or maybe I'm not as good. The other side of it is there's people who say, they look at people and go, oh, I wish I could pray like them. That really bothers me. That really bothers me when people say, well, I wish I could pray like so-and-so. What difference does it make? I don't know. They may be just good at putting words together. You know, they, they may be just good at expounding, and maybe I fumble and I can't talk right, and I don't say things the way I should, and I don't put my words together right. But if I know him, it doesn't matter. And that's something, if I know him, the Bible says if I know him, I can mumble and pray and he'll understand it. It's not how good I can pray or how good I do something, but do I know him? Do I know him? So that's my prayer. That's my prayer. You know, Lord, no matter, no matter where we come from, no matter our background, good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. Do I know him? Do, have I accepted him as my Savior? And that's my prayer. That's my prayer. Everybody has to come to that place. One way or another, we'll make a decision. One way or another. You know, we're all going to make a decision. We're all going to make a decision how we walk. How, we, how do you walk? Do you walk by faith? Do you walk by faith and trust him? Trust him. Do I pray? You know, and this and somebody gets hard. It's not always easy. You know, that verse this morning says, you know, I praise him in the lowest of valleys. That's a real test. That is a test. For me, sometimes it's just a test to remember because when I get in a low valley, man, I'm looking at the valley. You know, I get in a low valley, I start looking around, I think, whoa, this is bad. Man, this is terrible. Now what are we going to do? And I, oh, I never think, well, I ought to praise him. I just look at the valley. Whoa, this is bad. You know, you got to really think and remind yourself, oh, wow. Okay, Lord, you're with me. You know, he even said that one time. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear because you're with me. 
because you're with me. I can trust him. So it's by faith that we walk, that we walk. That's how Christians are supposed to walk. And that's, that's kind of the test. You know, where do you put your faith? Where do you put your trust? No matter what you're going through, you know. And maybe it's just as big a, a test to trust him when things are going good. Oh, everything's great. Why trust God? I got it. I got this under control. Man, I'm doing good. Things are good. I'm doing good. Everything's kind of coming together. This is wonderful. Bingo. That's not walking by faith. You know, sometimes when things are good, it's just almost as bad as when things are bad. Because when you walk by faith and things are good, okay, Lord, now what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do if things are good? How do you want me to bless somebody that's not going through a good time? See, I think when Christians got it good is when we're supposed to bless others. Not just sit back and enjoy the blessing. The tendency is sit back, enjoy the blessing. Wow, life's great. Oh, man, I feel so good. Well, look around you. Look around you. There's people struggling. People are having hard times. And if things are so good for you, then why don't you pay attention and have compassion and love and care for those around us instead of just enjoying it. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying it's wrong to enjoy the blessing, but I want to say that I believe we have a responsibility. As God has blessed us, it's not for our own benefit. He blesses us to bless others. You know, he blesses us to be a blessing. So we walk by faith, by faith, by trusting him. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just pray, Lord, you'd help us realize no matter who we are, no matter who we are, we all come to the same place, the same place of knowing our need for you. Lord, we stand a sinner before you, and we need to be forgiven. And we need to accept the price that you paid so that our sins might be covered. So, Lord, help us to make that decision. Make that decision to trust you, that we'll walk by faith, that we'll walk our daily life out by faith, trusting you day by day. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for your love for us. Lord, that you loved us even while we were still sinners. And, Lord, we just thank you for that. And, Lord, just encourage everyone here, Lord, to, one, know you, and, to number two, to trust you, to walk by faith. Lord, that it would be a knowing you and who they are and who you are. Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for your love for us. Lord, I pray if anyone has a need for prayer this morning, Lord, you encourage them to come up and let Tom and Pam pray for them right after we dismiss. Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you for your love for us. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.